Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. With your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Tuesday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel joined by Joel Conan. Dennis Dick uh, is here with us, but he will not be on our show for about 10 minutes. We're going to call him on his phone at around 8.10, and then he'll be with us on video at like 8.25-ish. He had to drop his kid off at school. Don't you hate that, Joel? So, or daycare. Daycare. Excuse, school or daycare. It, so It's been a long time. It's been a long time. Right. So uh, in the meantime, it'll be just Joel and I for the first few minutes here. We got a lot to discuss, though. Uh, tech stocks that broke out yesterday. We're going to discuss a few of those. And that's sort of in line with the theme of the week, which is CES. A lot of news coming out of Vegas on the tech front. So we'll get to some of those headlines as well. A lot of ratings to discuss this morning, both upgrades and downgrades. So we'll get through as many of those. As we can, we'll take some questions from our chat and our guest today. At 8.35, we'll be joined by Ryan Dietrich, who is a senior market strategist at LPL Financial. Great follow on Twitter as well, at Ryan Dietrich. Joel, what's the word here overnight? Uh, we got some green here, Spencer. Up one and three quarters handles at uh, 45 and a quarter. That's 32.45 and a quarter. Uh, continued to the rally yesterday into the 32.50 handle. Really nothing up there at 54.50, uh, so that's a target on the upside. Your all-time closing high, uh, that came Thursday at 32.59. Your all-time high happened Friday after hours. That was a pre-market at 32.63.50. There's the big numbers we're looking at on the upside. On the downside, if we ever go down, uh, your pre-market low is just below the close of 43.50. Uh, 41.75 marks your pre-market low. Really can't find much for you folks under that. Another five-handle drop, 32.35. Uh, have a lot of numbers in that area. Uh, crude, giving a little back, down 57 cents here at 62.70. Uh, keep an eye on unchanged now in the crude market after that big move yesterday. And let's see. The two-day low on that is way down at 61.13. So there's your next target if you're looking for some more downside. Uh, gold, giving some back to 
got close to 1600 peeled back yesterday down 70 cents here at 1568 you have silver in the red too by 3.9 cents at 1814 and don't look now bud here comes bitcoin that's up 325 dollars the futures at 7940 i noticed on the futures yesterday that there was some pretty good volume coming into that contract and it was on three green days so probably should have picked up a little gbtc or something but what i was looking at on friday uh nearly eight thousand contracts traded on an up day a uh, big up day or decent up day on monday another six thousand contracts and we've already traded four thousand today that's some of the highest volume we've had in bitcoin since december 18th so let's see if we can clear that eight thousand dollar hurdle so I want to start off with Joel with some of these tech stocks that broke out yesterday. Google specifically, right? The uh, Google uh, lagged, uh, didn't, didn't have as great a year last year as some of its peers. Uh, but if yesterday is a sign, then it's going to be a good year, a catch-up year, you could yeah, say, for, for sure. Google. Uh, knocking on the door, 1400 here. Uh, broke out. You had a pair of highs in the same area at just call it 1370. Uh, got you know yesterday's low. If you were trying to buy 45.54, you couldn't do that. 13.50 was low. Hard stocks to follow. I'll just keep an eye on this closing price here. Uh, if I was uh, initiating a short, that's where I would want to try and bring it in 94.21. If I was trying to long in this, I think that would be, I would wait for a pullback to the area. All-time high here, 1396.50 from yesterday. Trading above that here or just at that area in pre-market trading. But you know how I hate, uh, I hate $1,000 stocks. So. Yeah, you don't love them. I don't. You don't I, love them. I, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, you try and do levels on these things. It's just too wide. And if you trade them, you got to trade them smaller, but. They need to do like 10 for one, 10 for one or <laughs> 20 for one, but they won't because having a high, uh, a high stock price is, uh, is uh, prestigious on Wall Street. But looking good, I guess a war is good for the FANG stocks. That was something that Dennis tweeted out yesterday. So. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, one thing war could be good for cybersecurity stocks, and that sector broke out. CyberArk, uh, for the past couple of days too, CyberArk, FireEye, Let's look at a few of these names because they're who having. Who called this? Who called this? Who called it? Yeah, who called this move? Did you? You on our show? Is that the answer? Is it you? Are nope. you? No. No. Nope. Um, I'm not gonna take credit for some. Sure. I mean, people in our chat have been talking this. No. These stocks up no. for no. Do you uh, not pay attention during the show? I do pay attention. You don't pay attention to the guests. I I do pay attention to the guests, but I can't remember every what every guest says. All right, who? Chris. Robin. Robin pays a little bit more attention than you. I'm did. sorry. It's a lady guest. Well, it wasn't recently. It was Yes, it was. It was very recent. <laughs> I'm trying to find what Robin said in the chat. Uh, Anne Marie. Okay. Oh, yeah, you cheated. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I cheated. That was like two weeks ago. I can't two remember weeks? what she I cannot remember what she said two it was. It was two weeks ago. I cannot remember what she said two weeks ago. I'm that sorry. Was your call. It, I, it was before I went on it was the Friday before I went on vacation. I, I everything but everything before that is a black hole for me. And uh, and I think I said something. Maybe we should roll the tape. And I said something about, uh, 
oh, are we going to war or something? And everyone, You're right. Okay. And everyone now that, like, oh, Joel's talking war. And then Trump listens to the show and he starts a war. Right. Now, now, that, now that you mention it, I, I remember her saying that. But you're right. Okay. She, she, she did say that on, on Friday the 27th. Yeah, she did. So we should roll that. Might be a good article. But CyberArk, I mean, look at that. FireEye, a few of these uh, stocks have had very good starts of the year. Yeah, FireEye. I mean, if you want to go with the perennial dog, that's up another 51 cents. Uh, finally, maybe this is finally getting off the mat. CyberArk, a good move. Trading up again, buck sixty-one at uh, one twenty-eight thirty-nine. What what did you have here? Uh, boom, we're above the earnings high. Oh, we're getting in an area of uh, pretty uh, thin resistance here. Uh, you're, let's see, where can we go here in CyberArk? Ah, uh, one forty-one sixty-five is too high, but uh, you could. That's your monthly high from August. But go back and take it. Uh, if you're looking for a target here. You don't want to hold out for 14165. I'm sure you can find some daily highs to lean on. Better it be a double a double top or triple top uh, in the 130 handle. Palo Alto, uh, Proofpoint, PFPT, just a few others. I haven't looked at every stock in the sector, but uh, there's just a few other names that. That looks like it. Look at that PFPT. That looks like that's ready to go. It got right up to resistance yesterday. What was the high? High from yesterday was 2065. You had another pesky high at 1999. Another high, I mean, 120. It yep. could be a breakout there for proof. What is it? Proof point, yep. Inc. Yeah, and then CrowdStrike, too. Great day yesterday. CrowdStrike. CRWD. CRWD. Very good day. Continuation of a two day move. This might have been one to have been keeping an eye on early in the morning. Because you like 51, eh, not really 51. It kind of broke out the day before out of 50 and a half. When it went through yesterday's uh, Friday's high at 51.99, it was off to the races. Let's see. Your next daily high. Hmm, let's see where this comes in at. Well, we're trading down 61 cents. So use yesterday's high as your first target. And then be careful because 57 was a high on December 4th as well. All right, we're going to try something, and I'm going to call Dennis on his cell. So, You're going to call Dennis on his cell. How is he going to be? I mean, does he have all computers in his car? Well, I don't know. He insisted. Dennis. Hello. <laughs> okay, Dennis. What's going on? Can you hear me? <laughs> <laughs> are we live? We are, yes. Why are you in your car, Dennis? Come back. I know this. This is uh, this is weird for me. This is a weird morning for me. So my wife had a minor surgery just yesterday. She's doing well, but she's on bed rest for a day or two. So I'm kind of doing it all here this morning. So I got to get the two kids breakfast, dressed, off to school. So I got to get the boy. Hey, he hits the bus at 7:54, and then I get to the girl to daycare. So I just dropped the girl off at daycare, and I'm now about five minutes from home. So once I get home, I get in my stock, and I can get into my system. So. I'm going to use you guys today because uh, I have no idea what's going on because I've been doing kids all morning. So tell me, Mr. Israel, tell me, Mr. Alconin, what is happening here in the market? Well, first of all, are you going – did you go to Tim Horton's 
before you dropped her off or on the way <laughs> I don't drink coffee, but I'll tell you, if my wife was driving, she would definitely be going to Tim Hortons before going to the daycare. So Tim Hortons gets money from us, I think, every day from my wife. So, yeah. But I don't drink coffee. I'm just on natural adrenaline all the time. I'm on adrenaline from that Connor McDavid goal last night. Did you guys see that? I, I did. I did, yes. Was, Did you see that goal? You should almost show that on the show. I've never yeah. seen a goal like that. That was impressive. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, it was a big win. It was Canada versus Canada, Oilers versus the Leafs. The Oilers haven't beat the Leafs in like five years. So, and Connor McDavid put on a show last night. And uh, finally, the Oilers have victory in Toronto. Man, so, you are I'm on adrenaline up. from that. So, I don't need coffee. Yeah, you are one up this morning. But don't, don't the kids know that you <laughs> have to trade? I mean, come on. Uh, I know the kids should just have to wait to go to school until the yeah. trading's done. But <laughs> well, we, we've been talking tech stocks so far. Uh, that, that specifically stocks that broke out yesterday: Google, cybersecurity. We didn't get to Roku yet, but all these names had great days yesterday. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure you saw that. Yeah, and you, you know it's predictable. It's funny. I actually tweeted this out, and somebody was tweeting, "Oh, uh, war equals buy Fang," and I was like, "Well, that can make some sense because if you're scared about war, you don't leave the house." So Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google—those are all plays for not leaving the house. So they bought Fang yesterday because they're scared about the war. It all makes sense, Spencer. Doesn't make sense to me, but okay. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it's a bit of a joke, but somebody like me, you know, like me, I never leave the house. So now I actually left the house today, so I get to see the world. I'm like, holy cow, there's traffic, there's stuff going on out here because I don't leave the house half the time. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, the tech stock rally was very impressive yesterday, um, and it was across the board in the tax. And uh, you, and you did see other defensive stocks start to sell off as well. So you've seen the natural rotation again. It's just a repeat of what has been happening basically in November, December, tech stocks are winning once again. Yeah, the, uh, some of, we talked about it. Um, some of the defense stocks did sell off from their pre-market levels, but those are those are higher price stocks and a little bit thinner. Uh, yeah, when I say defense, I meant kind of, I didn't mean the Lockheed Martin's actual defense for the war stocks. I was actually talking about like your Coca-Cola, your Procter & Gamble's, um, your XLP components. Uh, those are the stocks that probably – I don't see those stocks participating uh, in the next – if we're going to get in the next bull run, I said this a couple of days ago on the show, I don't think those are the stocks you want to be in. I see those stocks leveling out or even going down as the natural rotation continues. I mean, I don't see what's going to derail this bull train anytime soon. So I think you got all the money managers sitting there waiting for a pullback. They got a little bit of a pullback yesterday morning, and they come in and they just start scooping up tech stocks again. It's the same stocks that keep driving us higher here. Eventually, we will get a significant pullback here because, I mean, you know, Apple up 100% last year, but it's hard to time that, and why fight the trend? The trend right now is to buy those stocks on pullbacks, and I'm going to stay fully long on, on my tech stocks here right now. I'm not nervous about them at all. And for the overall market? At least not, at least not right now. For the overall market, we talked about this last week, uh, the first real test of this recent breakout from November, October was this: these te these new tensions in Iran. What will they do? Well, they ignored it. They bought the dip like they always Completely. have. So we talked about that. Yeah. This was the first test, and the market passed. Yeah. The more the macro political environment changes, 
the more the market stays the same. It's simply buy the dip. And we saw it yesterday again. The buying the dip mentality just has not left. You cannot spook this overall market here. It stays spooked for a few minutes. The people who are spooked are the people who are underinvested. That is who is spooked. And every time you pull back 1%, the money manager is coming in and scooping up stock because there's so many people who probably thought, you know, oh, you know, we've come too far. There's people who have been playing this market from the short side, and they're really in trouble. So, you know, speculating that, okay, well, we've got war tensions now. People shorting overnight. I mean, on, on the first news of the war, we were down 40 handles that night. There were some people selling stock and some people selling the futures. Those people are all caught now, too. So I don't see what derails this rally anytime soon. I mean, you know, anything can happen. Stuff happens overnight, and risk happens fast. But as of right now, they're shrugging off any worries, even on the war front. And uh, we got a jobs number coming up on Friday. So, I mean, that, you know, that information, I'm sure they're going to keep uh, low unemployment uh, again or even lower. One stock you missed out, Salesforce.com had a great day yesterday, too. Uh, busting out to a new all-time high. That had a huge day. Did they have an upgrade from somebody? Salesforce yeah, yesterday? Yeah, they had something yesterday. It was it was a RBC upgrade of them to their top pick. We talked about that. And, Overnight, yeah. Right, and they raised their price. Did you look, have you looked at any quotes, Dennis? Have you looked at your phone at all? I haven't seen anything. This I just looked at the futures quotes. I know when, when, I, when I looked about 30 minutes ago, we were basically flat. Where do you so think? what are we doing now? Uh, we're, we're up a buck in the S&P. We're, we're quiet overall in the market. Yeah. yeah I did notice, like, I, I took a quick look. It looked like a lot of ratings. So, you know, we knew that the analysts were going to be busy here coming out of their Christmas holidays and their, you know, obviously New Year's holidays here. So, uh, the analysts were really busy here overnight. I, I saw, it was like, what is there, like 50 or 60 upgrades, downgrades, Spencer? Looked like a pile. Uh, about that. Yeah, there's a lot. And, and we can get to that yeah. throughout the show, but we've, we've got ratings on retail, on financials, uh, some, some energy, I think, uh, some home builders, some, some uh, consumer staples, a, a lot of ratings, tech, a lot of ratings this morning. Lombardo141 likes you on the telephone, Dennis, and he wants to make. <laughs> you know why? Because you don't just see my hair, my bad hair. There's no way to, but the bad hair indicator, it's, it's really bad here today, I'll tell you that. All right, so, <laughs> All right, so you're, you're going to see me. I'm actually two minutes from home here right now. So maybe I'll hang up with you and I'll pop back on in five minutes okay. on my regular Skype. Before, so, you, go, before, uh, you, go, before you go, uh, yeah. just for a milkshake, uh, can you tell me where Tesla is trading uh, within two dollars? It closed. Oh man! It traded at four fifty-one fifty-four. That was the close from yesterday. Yeah, I'm gonna say Tesla's probably up again. Four fifty-five. Four fifty. Just for fun. Four fifty-nine. Up another. Is there somebody upgraded? Was there any news? Just, just squeeze them. The news was well. I think it's more of a squeeze, but they did have news. It's China. The the Model Three is launched in China, and they announced a Model Y program. But it's probably more. What? It's probably more of a squeeze. I mean, th that was no news that the launch of their Model Three in China. I mean, why not five hundred? You've come this far, four fifty nine. I mean, and I said it a couple of days ago on the show. I said I could see how this kid is thinking be five six hundred bucks eventually. Um, I think you're going to see five hundred before. Man, the way it's going, you're going to see it before the end of the month, but I don't know if you're going to see it that soon. And you could have, you know, some news, you got some pullbacks, but I think you're going to see the stock at 500. 
Uh, right now, I would say easily 500 before 400. But you know, if anybody's making that bet, they'd be giving up the edge because yep. 459. Yep. But I, 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 this path of least resistance is still higher here. The shorts have just been murdered on it. And, and just a vision: if you're short this stock and it pulls back 20 bucks, you're probably thinking, you know, like, okay, I got to get out, cover some, cover some. You're just hoping for any pullback buy. So there's so much underneath demand here, not only from the shorts, but people who want to believe in the story here now too. So do the fundamentals, you know, justify a $459 price? Probably not, but it doesn't matter. The story matters more than fundamentals all day, every day. We've talked about this on the show for years. This market is all about a good story. You got a good story, it can stay hot for a long time. We before got the someone really we'll, let, we'll let you hop out of your car, but uh, in the next week or so, we got someone that's shorten tesla and shorten more into earnings and we're gonna get them on the show and hear what they're th yeah bring them on yeah i like to, i like to hear the bear arguments i mean we've heard them but we the bears have been quiet on tesla for a while here so maybe you know maybe they got some new case here maybe they talk me out of it but right now i just don't see any reason to you know if you're along this thing i don't see a reason to sell here right now all right uh, wish I was long. I wish I was long. Get get in the house there and ping us, and uh, I'll, I'll 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 be with you in five minutes. Okay. <laughs> All right. The uh, that was fun. Dennis, in, in this, it, so if you're in your car, you you can't call us. We never got any phone calls when we tried that, did we? No, we didn't. But now we now you have no excuse not to listen in your car if Dennis can call us in from uh, from his car and do the show. But, uh, no, I mean, we never got any phone calls. I'll give you the number again. I stopped giving it because nobody called us. But if you want to call us and leave us a voicemail uh, and ask a question that way, you can do that. The number is 734-494. I'm sorry. Yes, 734-494-0246. Give us a call. It's going gonna, it's gonna to go to a Google Voice account. Leave a voicemail, and if we like your question, we'll play it on the air. And uh, – we can answer it that way, or just ask questions via the chat. That always works too. So let's get to some of these ratings, Joel. Uh, as Dennis mentioned, there are a lot this morning. Let's start with uh, tech here. Cowan and Company is upgrading Western Digital and Micron to outperform this morning. Mm, boy, oh boy! Dennis taught uh, bought that Western Digital when it came down. I balked on it. Came to that forty dollar area. That was a while ago. I know he's long gone. It's turned. It's up a buck ninety, sixty-five, twenty-seven. Pre-market high. If you're looking for a target, uh, sixty-five, eighty-five. So we're right there right now. Uh, on the monthlies, uh, maybe just think about seventy bucks. I mean, but a huge run here, and probably some people probably got faked out too because you had that monster run from forty-eight, like to sixty-one. Yeah, a couple of days of consolidation and then another move higher. So uh, that one is looking good. Getting back. Let me see. Gosh, I got to go way back on here to find. No, I can't even find any resistance. Oh, don't know who that is right now. Let's. Uh, is that some? Oh, that's somebody leaving a voicemail right now. So oh. Let's uh, get rid of that there. Sorry about that, folks. Well, you didn't cut off their voicemail, did you? No. I'm not, I guess I could have answered it, but then I. Uh, but you don't know who you're. I don't know who I'm talking to. Yeah, we don't have a right, right, right. So, uh, but it's great. Wow, our first call. That person yeah. gets a free trial to uh, Benzinga Pro. <laughs> um, and then Micron here, Micron climbing back. Yep. Oh boy, I wish you would have given me this uh, upgrade a little while ago. 
Let's see what happens at $56, if in fact it can get there, up a buck 89. Pre-market high comes in at 55.63. Uh, high of the move, 56.11. And then someone was trying to wiggle out of stock between 55.70, right, right around that 56 area. So use that as a target. That's only 50 cents away. But on the dailies, just see a lot of congestion there. Along with the high of the move is 56.11. That's only 60 cents. So the only thing is, is if you do the, um, you know, you get the above 56, you go 56.10 bid, and then you get locked down at 56, you might be, you know, a big offer comes in again there. So that's the area of importance. If you're trying to short this thing today, or you have a short position on, you and everyone else is going to want to see the top of yesterday's range at 54.14 or Better yet, the close at 53.57. Doesn't look like we're going to see that, though. Uh, nice move here in Micron, getting the upgrade. All right, Dennis, good morning, for real. I'm back. I'm back. I told you it was a bad hair day. <laughs> I got a little bit over here, but there was definitely no showering here this morning. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> That's a fast market. I'm impressed with my wife. She has to do all that stuff every morning. It's tough. <laughs> That's a tough job. That's a tougher job than my job. Yeah. Getting those kids. Waking him up. The boy wants to sleep. I'm trying to wake him up. I'm like, buddy, 7.30, we got to go. <laughs> you got to get your teeth brushed. You got to eat breakfast. You got to get dressed. And we got to hit that bus in 20 minutes. Let's do this. <laughs> fast market there. Oh, yeah. It's a fast market. It was a fast market all morning here. The girl's ready to go. She got up at 4.45 this morning. She, so she likes that, that, That's fun. She likes to trade the pre-market. Oh, yeah. She'd be good on the pre-market. The 445 show. So anyways, and then I'm like, okay, I'm trying to get her to go back to sleep. I bring her to another bedroom downstairs. I'm like, okay, we'll go camp, but we'll sleep down here. She, like, literally lays there for 10 minutes, and then she wants to go to the playroom. So I let her go to the playroom. I'm trying to lay down while she's in the playroom, and then she's back, and then she's there, and then she wants a snack. I was like, holy cow, it's 5 in the morning. Slow down. <laughs> So anyway, so I've been up since 4.45. I've been up for four hours here. That's why I'm wound up. It's like the afternoon for me. Yep, the afternoon. Uh, so we were going, we were doing ratings, and we just got done with the Western Digital in the Micron, too. Um, I'm just looking at them now for the first time. I see one, two, three, holy downgrade central uh, and upgrade central, but there was a ton of them, three, six, yeah. nine, ten. I thought 20 downgrades there. And then if we look, there's even more upgrades so I'm just trying to see what strikes my fancy as well. FireEye, SunTrust upgrading. That's always interesting. I haven't looked at FireEye for a while. We were talking. What else? What other ones did you talk? Uh, we, we talked just Western Digit and Micron so far. Let's go talk FireEye. I haven't looked at that well, chart in a while. We discussed FireEye not in the context of the upgrade, but in the context of stocks that had good days yesterday. Look at this FireEye chart. Yeah. Is Sean Udall still in this thing? Yeah. Yeah, he is. He's been he's been in this one for a while. This was you know not one of his better ones, but it must be working out a little bit better here lately. Good couple of days, Feye looking hot. Now gets the upgrade here, and you know they're they're playing the breakout. I mean, who's upgrading here? SunTrust upgrading it to buy. Looks like they're looking at the classic breakout here. I see the same thing you're seeing, SunTrust. This looks like a breakout. So pullbacks to be bought. I don't I don't like chasing stocks when they're up three percent, but uh, I could see this thing continuing here. Yeah, it's been, I mean, if you look on the monthly, it's been on a long, 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 long consolidation period going all the way back to 2016 and uh, 20 bucks, 2009, that was your high. That's been the high of the trading range. That's a high in December of 18. You showing the monthly on this one, Spencer, because you, 
I know it's one of those dead. It's on the weekly. Yeah, same. It's been dead money for a long time, yeah, but it's I mean, starting to show some life here. And this is interesting. Yeah, I, I'd be nervous to be short this one. I'm not coming in and saying fade this. Nope. Sometimes the ratings are classic fades. Not this one. Not in my uh, opinion. And uh, the Spencer failed an earlier test today. Let's see if you can remember who talked about cybersecurity stocks on our show a couple weeks ago. Oh, he's looking for them to move. My my goldfish memory doesn't go much past six seconds, Joel. I can't remember who talks about cybersecurity. It was Anne Marie. Oh, was she? Yeah. And Anne Marie is a good trader. So when Anne Marie says something I like this or I don't like this, I write it down. You know, Anne Marie is solid. Anne Marie trades on Twitter. She's a good follow. We've had her on the show once a month or so. Yep. She she knows her stuff. The technicals, you know, this girl knows technicals. Yep. Okay. Do you want to? But was she bullish cybersecurity? Yes. Yes. And then I, I made uh, I made the comment. Looks like she was right. I'm like, oh, are we going to war? And then everyone got all mad at me. And then I go on vacation. We are going to war. Starts. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So FireEye, fire right. like you said, you talked Micron, Western Digital. A lot of these are smaller companies that are upgraded here today. Uh, KB Homes. Um, I see that one there. So we got yep. a home builder catching an upgrade from Rainy. And, and DR Horton this morning. They're giving some of the home builders some love. We haven't given the home builders any love in a while. Let's go check it out. KB Homes. DHI. Man, all these charts look the same. Uh, not DHI. Uh, KB Homes. That's coming into resistance, though. So that's the one issue. But maybe this pushes it above it. Good couple of days. Let's see what happens at 36. I mean, these things are notorious faders off. Oh, they are. You got to be careful on these things. Yeah. Uh, but the environment for the home builders, you know, really, you know, can't can't be better. I mean, the interest rates are low. The Fed's got your back. Um, it's, it's hard to, you know, find a reason to skip bearish the home builders. Unless you think, you know, all of a sudden everything's going to change and the Fed's going to start going hawkish on us here. I just don't see any reason to get bearish the home builders. You know, we've had two guests though that are looking for considerably higher interest rates. Uh, uh, JC, that uh, would change things. Yeah, JC thinks they're going much higher, right? I mean, the much the, much the home builders are a play on rates. There's, you know, it's a direct play on rates as well. We always talk about the financials, obviously. You know, the financials, you know, obviously want higher rates. The home builders, are the exact opposite. They want low rates because, you know, people. <laughs> are obviously going to build more homes if the rates are lower. So it's a direct play on rates. The rates have been low for a while, and you can see, and you know, the rates have been going lower, and you can see they've been a beneficiary of that as well. 2019 is a great year for the home builders, as, you know, rates, um, well, obviously rates weren't, you know, I guess rates were kind of stable, but we started the year 2019, remember, with the whole hawkish stance, and they quickly backed off that and then started lower rates, lower rates, and Home builders benefited. We do not have the, the uh, oh, Lenar's tomorrow, right before the open. That's what I was going to say. We do have some of these guys coming up here this week. So this is a light week for earnings. But is Lenar, is Lenar up? Uh, tomorrow? We get Lenar tomorrow morning, KB Homes, Thursday after the close. So this is a gutsy call to be upgrading it ahead of a quarter on KB Homes. So, um they obviously think the numbers are going to be good or they wouldn't be upgrading it two days before the report. Usually you see analysts kind of quiet a week or two before the reports because, you know, if all of a sudden they miss something, they look really bad. But sometimes you got to have guts and they're coming in and obviously must be thinking that the quarter is going to be pretty good if they're upgrading the stock now. 
seems like a lot of buildings still going around here in the Motor City. There's buildings everywhere. Yeah. When I was driving around this morning there in Windsor, it's traffic jams everywhere. It's busy out there. I don't <laughs> see any recession. Yeah, not we didn't see one when the whole world was panicking. What was that in a the middle of the year, or was it last year? Very, well, at the end of 2018. Care. The end of 2018 was completely opposite to the, where care. we are now. Yeah, inverted yield curve. Who fell for that trick? Well, they, every, the media is saying that 50 times a day on CNBC. Oh, every single time the yield curve's inverted, a recession every has followed. Okay, well, we're a year from the inverted yield curve. Where's the recession, guys? Guys and girls? No, no. Nowhere to be seen right now. Uh, do you want to? We got uh, three minutes here before our guest. That's uh, Ryan Dietrich. He's oh, a Ryan's great. strategist at LPL Financial. He has some uh, interesting uh, data to show with us here. I got a level for you here. And L- LJ in the YouTube chat is looking at EA and ATVI. Look at ATVI. It's interesting here. Check out this 60. We're getting a run and start at it here this morning. Could this thing be, I'm long ATBI in the long-term portfolio, full disclosure, but, and I'm planning on sticking with it, but that's 60 nice. is a big level. I mean, it's bumped up here a few times, one time, two times, three times, four times, eventually it could take it out and it'd be in a breakout. The old, uh, EA uh, two is breaking out too. These, you know, these gaming stocks, I've take two as well. That looks all right. Look at TTWO, same setup, 125, big number there, bumping it, its head up against there too. Mm. These things look like they're gearing up to break out a resistance. Watch them for the breakouts. What? I mean, uh, nothing is broken out until it's broken out. So, you know, we, maybe we shouldn't jump the gun here. But above 60 and above 125 on ATBI and Take Two, respectively, those would be in yeah. breakouts. No, look good. And uh, Take Two is uh, near, that's almost back at its all time high. It does have a pair of daily highs. This is called 125 and a quarter. Uh, also, it bumped up against that area in December, and then uh, the other high. If you get through that 125 and a quarter area, things open up to 126.35. What's uh, what's going on with uh, Fortnite now? Uh, we still got. A I lot mean, of- that's what put these stocks in the gutter originally. Yeah, everyone's still on Fortnite. I think everybody's still playing it, but yeah? I think the other stock. I think these other gaming companies are coming out with some pretty good games as well. So. Um, you know, I'll, have it, to, I'll have to tweet at Drake and see if he wants to um, play another round of Fortnite. See if he can find. Have you ever played it? No. No, neither have I. But I know Drake does, right? Is it Drake? Yep. Oh, probably. Very, very good, Joel. I'm, I'm proud of you. For We've that. gone red here. We've got an absolute. Collapse. This is the pullback. Yeah. This is the, the, the the three point pullback on the S and P futures. <laughs> this is now a pullback. We did get an economic number there. November trade deficit. Oh my God! It must be absolutely look at, yeah. Look at the tanking. Jesus, look, Mar- no, Mark has just fallen out of bed. Markets in turmoil here as we fall one one point. Is there is there any the new markets in turmoil when we pull back half a percent? Is there any any bids out there at all to be seen? <laughs> all right, if you don't sense our sarcasm, um, that that's our sarcasm. You so. ought to start listening to eight thirty five. All right, let's, let's go, go to a guest before we really come off the rails here. All right, Ryan Dietrich is a senior market strategist at LPL Financial. Ryan, good morning. Good morning, guys. Thank you. Glad to be back, and happy 2020. Happy 2020 to you as well. Hope the last decade was good to you. Uh, give us your thoughts on the first few or first week or so of, of 20, uh, 2020 and, and, and this, this bounce back we've had here. 
Well, guys, I mean, yeah, you know, let's put it in perspective, right? I know people have talked about last decade, how great it was. Stocks only down one year in 2018, which is interesting because that was also the best year for the economy. GDP 3%, earnings up 23%. Then last year, we had obviously the best year for stocks and uh, since 2013, up 31% total return. Yeah, what happened? The economy weakened. And the first decade ever without a recession. So you add all that up, but what really caught us, we wrote about this on our blog, LPLResearch.com, last week. If you look at the last seven decades, guys, last decade averaged about 14.5% annual return. Really solid. I mean, everyone thinks it was a great decade, and it was really good. That actually is the fourth best out of the last seven decades. The 80s and 90s were better. The 50s were better. So just putting in perspective, it really hammers home, I think, how bad the 2000s were, right? I mean, it feels like so long ago, but stocks were negative in the 2000s, two 50% corrections. Last time we saw that was the Great Depression, and the 40s, 50s, 60s all did pretty good. So we're not saying we're going to have a 30-year bull market. There's going to be pullbacks. There's going to be going to be down years, but it's just important to take a bigger perspective look at this. And yeah, it was a good decade, but it really wasn't one of the best decades ever. We've seen better. And after as bad as the 2000s were, hey, maybe, you know, this thing can keep on going in the, you know, not necessarily roaring 20s. That didn't end so well last time 100 years ago, but hey, maybe we can have another decent decade here. I mean, Ryan, and I've thought about this too. Um, we, we could consider, and if you're looking at, you know, the NASDAQ especially, think about, you know, when we were at 5,000 NASDAQ back in the year 2000. And we yep. obviously had a decade lost already, um, really, when you consider 2000 to 2010. Because after the financial crisis, we were significantly lower than the 5,000. We really never even recouped the highs on a lot of these stocks like Microsoft until two or three years ago. So, you know, if you really think about, you know, in comparison purposes, I've, I've done this, in, you know, and I think I mentioned on the show before too, but you think about this 1968 to 1980 period where we yeah. really ran up and then we consolidated, we hit the Dow 1000 like in 1968 and then we never hit it again until 1980. So we had like the lost decade in there. After that, we went up tenfold. I mean, you could almost, you know, and maybe valuations aren't as cheap as they were back in 1980 and obviously interest rates aren't 17 or 18% anymore. Sure which is so it's a different environment but to, for people coming in saying oh we're so overdone i mean people who bought this market back in the year 2000 some of them are just getting back to even amd just got back to where it was in the year 2000 yeah. so we might just be getting started in some of these like i, I well, know for in the late innings yeah doesn't that make a lot of people mad to hear that people have been i remember back in 2010 literally being on fox business being bullish being laughed at on tv like i mean it was it was, it was unbelievable the the attitude that we've seen, the hate bull market ever. And just put in perspective, what are financials doing, right? Looks at, look at XLF. It's just breaking above where it was in 2007. As we talked about, 21-year bases coming out of Europe. You know, the, the NYSE composite, 1,900 stocks, about 1,500 here in the U.S., 1,400 globally, just breaking out to new highs above 2018. So that's saying it's gone nowhere for literally two years, the NYSE composite at least. Small caps aren't even at all-time highs as we speak. So there are some, I mean, believe me, a 31%, one of the things I sent you guys was how stocks do after a 30% gain. And it's important to note, normally you get a pretty good year the next year. I mean, it's happened 12 times since 1950. S&P's up 15% on average. Who wouldn't take a 15% year after a 30% year last year? I think most of us probably put our hand up. Also, it's pretty rare to have a recession that next year. Is the stock market forward-looking? Believe me, nothing is perfect by any means. I just mentioned how good the economy was in 2018, yet stocks were down. But still, Usually strong gains suggest potential double-digit gains the next year. 
and you usually avoid a recession. I mean, is it that simple? Maybe not. I mean, we've got the geopolitical concerns and things like that swirling, and it's an election year, so there's going to be lots of things there. But hey, overall, people continue to doubt this bull market. We're going to get corrections. The biggest pullback we got last year was 7%, okay? I mean, normally, you're going to get about a 10% correction. So we fully are aware we're probably going to get a 10% correction this year. But when all is said and done, we don't think this bull market's over. And we consider things like value, which is underperformed for 10 years, and financials are just breaking out above the 2007 peak. Hey, maybe value emerging markets, some of those beaten up things that haven't performed well, maybe they take the baton for a chance. And just, you know, that's the way bull markets work. People take turns. I mean, the emerging markets, if you look at the EEM, and there is some currency effects in there, but if you're just looking yep. at on U.S. dollar basis, when 2013, the EEM was $44, in 2020, the EEM is $44. I mean, you know, from if you're just, you know, backing up, if you're just an EEM investor and, and not worrying, you know, not considering the currency here, I mean, it's gone nowhere. No, that's exactly right. You talk about, so that's kind of the technical front where it's gone nowhere, which I think is encouraging, right? If money starts to flow there. We, we, we think the dollar is going to go gently lower here. The Fed's on pause, as most of us know. Foreign current, look at the uh, Canadian dollar, right? Breaking out. I mean, a lot of these other currencies are doing well, so that could pressure the dollar lower, which is a tailwind. Last thing on the fundamental front, you look at earnings, you know, earnings in the U.S. this year, we think could be between 5 and 7%, just the long-term average. Emerging markets earnings this year, guys, could be very well double digits. It's expected to be up 13 or 14%. We think maybe comes in a little lower. But hey, if you get some good news on trade, if you get a little bit lower dollar, emerging markets are an area of the models that we run for our advisors and for their clients. We are definitely a little bit overweight emerging markets in 2020 as we think that rotation uh, can kind of take place. And you can find some alpha in emerging markets in an area we definitely like this year. Ryan, do you think the fact that we saw two bad recessions in a in the same decade, uh, one of one of them being the worst since the Great Depression. Do you think that like clouded people's judgment a little bit and screwed up people's frame of reference for how to invest in the long term? Yeah, we, we do think so. That's a great point. And you guys were talking before I came on about the yield curve. Remember how the yield curve was going to come and kill all of us back in late September, <laughs> early, early August when that happened. And yeah. I, I'm sure I came on with you guys and talked about it. Stock markets do better 18 months after the 210 inverts. The 210 inverted finally, I think it was in late August. I know some of the shorter end of the curve inverted first, but just because the yield curve inverts and the media run with it, and, the, and you know, it, yeah, it's clickbait, but I mean, you got to look at the numbers, and that's not the case. But we do think that that's absolutely true. And, and let's talk about the economy. Me, right? I mean, we just went a whole decade without a recession. I talked about it. We're going about 2.5% GDP growth, okay? Nominal GDP growth during this uh, cycle is only about 26%. That's not all that great. In fact, the, that's about the average cycle of growth. So we've gone for 10 and a half years out of recession, yet the average cycle is about five years, guys, but the growth is about the same. So what I'm getting at is this cycle has gone a long time, but by no means has it been impressive. And that's what we've seen around the globe, right? I mean, low inflation, low growth. We get the demographics and, you know, people going on Amazon buying stuff cheaper. I mean, that's, uh, that's some of the factors that have played in. Believe me, smarter people than me don't understand why there's not been as much growth. So I'm not going to pretend I know it. But the fact that we're just growing at two, two and a half percent to us is the reason this cycle can continue. Look at our friends in Australia, you know, shout out to them, you know, what they're dealing with with the fires first off, but they've gone 28 years without a recession in Australia. Just because we've gone 10 and a half, doesn't mean you got to fall into a recession. Developed markets can go years without recessions. We really think the U.S. can maybe kind of play along with that, uh, that um, theory there. Especially when the Fed's defending it. I mean, when you got your Fed at your back, that's their they're smoothing it out. So you're not kidding. I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, I think I might have mentioned with you guys. You know, we looked when the Fed cuts rates with uh, within one percent of an all-time high, and they did it three times last year. For what it's worth, a year later, 
happened 17 times in 1980, S&P higher every single time. So when the Fed's cutting rates with stocks at all-time highs, that's a tailwind. That's what history tells us. History's a guide. Uh, you know, I'm aware, you know, it doesn't always work, but that's one thing I'm not, we're not going to bet against in our opinion here this year in 2020. Ryan, uh, I want to pull up this table you sent us of just the market's reaction to shocking geopolitical yeah. events here and just uh, – Go through this uh, this pattern of what 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 you've observed uh, through history of the market's reaction to some of these events. And when we look at this 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 bounce back from this week from the uh, the strike in Iran last week, it, it it puts us into perspective here. No, it really does. And first of all, thanks, to my friend Sam Stovall at CFRA. He he kind of crunched the events here. These are the top twenty major geopolitical events going back to. Um, Pearl Harbor, and the numbers are the numbers, right? I mean, you tend to get a bottom about three weeks later. Stock market sells off about 5% on average, you know, so it makes sense. But the bottom line is within two months after those lows, you're back at new highs. So we're not minimizing what's happening in Iran or any of these things, for that matter, these geopolitical events. But the bottom line for investors is that the economy continues to be strong. You can, you can still have gains. And don't forget, and I, I pulled it up here, one of my favorite market stats uh, give me one second, guys. I've got it. In 1915, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, I'll get there, I'll get there, 1915, was up 82%. In 1915, the Dow Jones was up 82%. Something else happened in 1915 was World War I. Okay, so just because we're having war, I mean, as terrible, terrible as that is, from an investment point of view, stocks can sometimes go up in that in environment. They sure did in World War One and some other times as well. We've seen so. Um, you know, we're following it closely. You can get the near-term volatility, get the headline risk. You've got the impeachment out there. You've got a you know an election year. You've got potential other countries trying to poke the bear during our election year. We're aware, so we're watching it all. But hey, the economy, in our view, the, the, the consumer makes up eighty almost eighty percent of GDP anymore. It feels like is where the growth is coming from. The consumer is still strong. Business investments light because of trade. We get good news on trade, which we expect. Business investment can come back, and this cycle can keep going. We'll have pullbacks, but it doesn't mean we have to go to a recession or bear market. So let's talk a specific sector. Is, is there a sector or industry that, that you like more than others uh, for the year? Yeah, I mean, I can't talk individual equities, but from a sector point of view, we still like cyclicals. We liked them last year. We like them this year. And I kind of talked already. You know, we've talked a lot about tech, right? Tech was up 50% last year. And you guys are talking about you know, AMD and different names. I can't give an opinion on that. But with tech, man, it's up a lot. So we, we've ridden that train. We're thinking maybe lighten up a little bit on tech. Like I said, moving to financials, which are just breaking out above the 20, uh, 2007 peak. We like industrials. Um, you know, we, we went into defense, the defense area recently, and, and that clearly did well with what happened in Iran. So we like those areas. Like I said, we like emerging markets. And healthcare is one we're actually actively talking about upgrading as well, uh, kind of depending on who, who the next uh, Democratic um, you know, president, potential president could be, might move healthcare a little bit more. But that's kind of a wild card group that we think has, uh, has a definite potential this year as well. What about energy here? We've had some oh. uh, a, a divergence of opinions on this show about energy. What are your Whoa. thoughts? You're not kidding. That's the sexy call this year, right? Because it has underperformed forever. But on a relative strength basis, when we look at energy stocks versus the S&P 500, it's still making new lows. I mean, I get the, the allure to it. And clearly, if oil keeps spiking higher, but we, we're, we're underweight energy and we're toying with the idea of going market weight with it. But right here, we just we need a little bit more strength on uh, some relative strength basis on um, some of the energy versus the S&P 500. But that is that's the sexy call this year. I saw what a stat Apple's market cap's worth more than the entire energy sector. I think I saw that on Twitter. I'm not sure if it's true or not, but someone tweeted it. I mean, that's wild if that's true. You know, those are the contrarian indicators you look for that say, oh, my goodness, maybe, 
maybe it is finally time to dip your toe in, but we're underway energy still. We need a little more confirmation first. This, this has been the market, though, in the last five years, where if you're trying to be the contrary mm -hmm. and trying to call the bottom or trying to call the top, yep. you just keep getting the beats. So, you've you been, know, and, I, I, and me and Joel have always been natural contrarians, and I've had to almost adjust all my trading just to go with the flow and go with the trends because, you know, I naturally like to fade, you know, I want to be the hero and call the top. I want to be the hero and call the bottom and energy. And it's been a very difficult thing to do. And I just don't, you know, there's a lot of people trying to do it here again. I, I it's, it's tough to do. Yeah, that's camp. I mean, you know, we've gone to MLPs a couple of different times for some yield and kind of been burned as well when the technicals didn't support it. Maybe the fundamentals did a good yield and we've been burned a couple of times. So when it comes to energy, I really need to see the relative strength uh, turning higher before I can comfortably dip my toe in. I, I just think financials breaking out, industrials breaking out, you know, tech, keep riding that train. Those are, those are the groups we're going to stick with. They brought us to the party, but we're sticking with them in 2020. And uh, you mentioned the election year, uh, election year cycles. Any any comments on that? Oh, you tend to see a little bit more volatility, but most of the gains do happen late. Think 2016, right? I mean, 2016, we had a massive rally after the election. The Dow had a record nine-day losing streak ahead of the election. The thing that we like to point out, and maybe you've had some other guests talk about this, but the three months before an election, if stocks are up, the incumbent tends to win. If stocks are down, the incumbent tends to uh, lose. It's happened 20 out of 23 times, worked every time since 1980. So as we get closer to the election, how the stock market's doing could give a little bit of a clue. And then the other thing I love to point out in 2016, copper had a record 14-day win streak directly ahead of the election. Kind of more of an industrial play, honestly, what was considered more of a Trump play. Copper in the stock market accurately, I think, predicted the um, who was going to win the presidency. So let's let's pay attention to what the intermarket analysis is telling us as we lead up to this election. It might give a, might give more of a clue. And anything anything you're staying away from? I mean, you mentioned you're you're a little bit tepid on the energy sector. Is there anything like pot? Can pot could get hot in 2020 after a dismal 2018 and 19? Uh, anything you're avoiding? Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the developing international is one that we're still underweight, and I'm aware that that's, uh, that's another sexy call this year, you know, kind of with Europe breaking on a 20-year basis. But we, we still need to see more there. We like the U.S. and emerging markets over developed markets. Then your defensive names, your reach, your utilities, those are the areas we've been underweight, and we, we you know, relative strength rolling over, and we kind of continue to see that play. And, you know, you talked about rates before I came on also. Uh, kind of like what JC thinks. I, I, we think rates can go a little bit higher this year, maybe higher than some people expect as copper is starting to turn up, industrial metal is starting to turn up. So, you know, high, higher rates could kind of impact bonds, obviously, and bonds were short in duration by high, buying higher quality bonds. And we like mortgage-backed securities. We think a higher, a little more yield there and higher uh, higher yields mortgage-backed would be an area that people could find a little bit outperformance in their fixed income portfolios this year. All right, we've been on the line with Ryan Dietrich from LPL Financial. He's their senior market strategist. Ryan, thanks so much for the time today, and uh, we'll talk to you later in the year. Have a good one. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. See you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks, right. Ryan. All right, uh, it's 8.50. you got 10 minutes left in our show today. I want to play a voicemail that somebody left us a few, oh. minutes, a few minutes before Ryan hopped on. Oh. Let me play this voicemail. I hope it works. We got a phone call, and I listened to it while Ryan was on with us. And let's play this person's voicemail now on the show, and hopefully this works. I'm trying to play it right now. One second. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't know. All right. Hold that thought while I figure out how to play. Oh, there we go. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. What's up, pre-market prep? 
just saw your phone number dropped on the on the morning show. Figured I'd give you guys a holler. Uh, I was quick question. Um, I'm a smaller account guy. I'm underneath the uh, day trade limit of twenty five thousand dollars to have unlimited day trades. I was wondering if you guys had any advice for uh, us smaller guys out here with uh, three day trades a week. Uh, thank you. All right. I love the show. Any advice for smaller account guys who are under the pattern day trade limit rule? Yeah, this came in, I believe, during the financial crisis. Um, and if your account's under, is it 25000 I think it's yes. under 25000 yeah. Then your pattern day trade, you're not allowed, I think, three trades a week. Um, they just didn't. Want, I guess, I don't know, after the financial crisis, I want people blowing up their account. I'm not sure exactly why, you know, the, the reasoning why they don't want them churning, but that rule is in effect and obviously applied across brokerages there. Uh, you've just got, if you've only got three trades a week, you got to make them count. So what that means is you just want to swing at the pitches that are right up the middle. Look for the cleanest setups that you can get. Because if you're, you know, looking, you're guessing, you're not seeing it right away, move on, especially when you only have three trades. I mean, I, you know, sometimes make three trades a minute, so it's very difficult for me to even, you know, grasp. But I just think what you got to do is make sure you're only swinging at pitches right up the middle. So look for the cleanest setup, look for all the ducks in a row, and go after those ones. You know, if you got to look through a couple hundred charts to find what you're looking for, there you go. And obviously, you got to have a longer time frame too. So you're not going to really be a day trader if you're only going to do three trades a week. You got to look right to the swing trading environment. But there's some excellent swing traders that are out there. I mean, Jeremy Newsom doesn't make a ton of trades either, but he looks for the cleanest setups and does them really well and makes money every month because of that. There's some days that Jeremy doesn't make any trades at all. Other days he'll make some more trades, but, you know, he's very consistent. So there is, you know, obviously some very good traders out there that don't trade as actively as, say, somebody like me. A lot of people are saying here that a cash account with uh, with no margin that you could trade options with no uh, you could trade as many options as you wanted. Options are different. Account. Okay, um, and then a couple other people are saying I don't know how much money you have to um, uh, you know to have two accounts you know so you could get theoretically get six trades. I guess the best thing is just get conservative and get that account over twenty five grand and. Uh, then you don't well, have. What if yeah, he doesn't yeah. want to be a pattern day trader? Right. He just wants to make. Yeah, I think he just. Trade. I think he's just got to go. Uh, just look to the swing trades. Just look for you know those cleaner setups. I think and uh, you know a lot of people come on and and they you know this you know, somebody like me making two three hundred trades in a day. You know I'm doing different things. I'm taking advantage of the efficiencies. I'm using some automation. It's a whole different level. I mean, really, to, to make a living at this, you only need two or you know, a couple. You could totally still, it's tough with only 25000 bucks or less than $25,000. But if you're just trying to you know, you know, make some extra money, I mean, there is good ways in this market. And the market environment's been very good you know, with the bull market that we've been in. Just looking for those clean setups. I mean, even like what we were just talking about, ATVI, if that thing gets above 60, you know, then you're in a little bit of breakout mode, and that's a cleaner setup. So uh, it's got to get above 60, but I just say flip through a lot of charts, looking for the cleaner setups, know where your earnings are happening. And, you know, obviously there's run up sometimes and there's different strategies that we've talked about there. But I think you got to look at the time frame. If you only got three trades a week, you got to look at the time frame where you're, you know, holding trades more than a day. You know, you're looking at, you know, setting up, okay, I like this for the next week or two and looking for those cleaner setups. And if you're in that time frame. Uh, you should be able to still make some money, even if you're only have three trades a week. It comes down to pick your spots, I guess. 
Pick your spots. And people are saying if it's pure cash account, um, and then it's different if you don't have a merchant account. So uh, none of this applies to me. So I'm, uh, I feel bad because I know the pattern day trade rule exists, but I don't know all the details of it because it doesn't apply to any of our traders at Bright Trading. So I, 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 think you, I think they're right, though. I think if you've just got a straight-up cash account, you, you should be able to make more. I mean, if you're just not using margin, I don't see why you wouldn't be able to make more trades. Yeah, I believe that's right. I have a... We'd have to... We can research I'm, I'm trying to think. I've, I've that. done that myself, but... Um... Yeah, I believe I believe it was the, the cash. It's not my wheelhouse because okay. we're bright trading and we're using prop money. It's completely different. Anyway, uh, thank you for that phone call. I, I was great. I, I won't. I don't know if I'll always play the voicemail like that. I, I like that voicemail a lot, which is why I played it. I don't know if I. Yeah, I like that. We'll yeah. always play. I think we should just have callers be able to call um, in too. I mean, we could. I mean, we it. could expand the show by like an hour, an hour and a half if we had callers, just like sports right, radio. But we also Let's do it. We're right. going to be the Jim Rome. No, um, yes, we are. <laughs> sure. We are. And what are, uh, did we call it the jungle? We could come up for a different name than the jungle because we don't want to rip. And we could have clones. What? I mean, come on. What are you talking about? He's Jim, on a big tangent here. This is a wild tangent. Talking about right now? We need to get Jim Rome on. See what he thinks. All right. Have him do some consulting. Let's look at imbalances here for a second. <laughs> I'm going to take this away from the Clone Wars. Uh, imbalances. Macy's 59000 to buy. Disney, 79000 to buy. Those stand out. Johnson Johnson, 38000 to sell. Procter Gamble, 37000 to sell. So, again, a little bit of money coming out of some of the defensive. We have leaked a little bit, trade down six handles. Yeah, we CRM, are. which had the hell of a day yesterday. Like, holy cow, that's a huge move. Uh, looks like some profit taking at least this morning. 40,000 shares to sell here on CRM, at least at the open. Um, so you're seeing some people book some profits. General Electric, eternal sell and balance, 100,000 to sell here again today, despite the stock going up like crazy for the last three days. So it's been a buy to buy into that sell and balance every day so far. But again, that sell and balance still seems to be there every day. Uh, let's look at Mickey D's here for Alex Joseph. Sure. Uh, I wonder if that's the big guy tweeter that uh, always follows us, gives us a back up above 200. Yeah, this is interesting actually because it's been so out of favor here since our you know last report, and then it continued to drift. And you got me on that bet just by the skin of your teeth. Um, I think I I can't remember exactly what it was, but I think when it fell under 190, you won that lunch bet from me. Yep. And obviously it's, you know, that was the day of bottom and it came right back up and now it's back here at 202. It looks like breakout mode. So I'd say above 200, I like it. I would not want to see it fall back below. Let's use yesterday's low, 199.35. If you're longer right now, that would be my stop out. And then setting up a swing trade for you, even for the, the, the caller who obviously had the margin data trading or, or the pattern day trading uh, restriction. So I'd say 199.35 would be my stop out if I'm going long this thing. Maybe you could pick it up on a pullback at 201. 201 and a half risk yourself a couple of bucks and you're looking for this thing to potentially get back up and fill that gap from earnings. there you go i was just gonna say here that you know as long as you get a you know a little bit of a kind market here you get up to 205 and a quarter that's what i'd be using as a target that's uh three bucks away and then you got a gap between 05 and a quarter and 208.44 a lot of times you know it'll fill those gaps or at least start to get into the gaps so i'd be looking at that um 20245 that's your current price up 12 cents uh last two lows not really that i call 199 cuz you had a 9885 low and then you had a 9935 low so there you go i'd like to support there at 199 here in mickey d's 
Uh, one more thing I'll just hit on before we wrap the show up. Dennis, is the New Year's 2020 party over for Cassava Sciences, SAVA? Yes. <laughs> I'm going to say yes. It was a fun and it was crazy. This thing kept going up. And is it, you know, is there going to be another insider buy that drives a higher? Maybe. But uh, now you've got, uh, it didn't make a new high yesterday. That was an ugly candle for yesterday. Peeled off and closed near the lows. Um, for the same reason, I was calling the Rite Aid. Sometimes these squeezes are easier to call sometimes than some of the other ones. But when Rite Aid was on the show, I was like, I felt like even that big day when it was $22 on the show, I was like, I feel like this is upside capitulation. And this thing's going to turn. And then the next day, somebody was asking me, um, or somebody was asking in the chat about Rite Aid. And I was like, I think every rally to be sold here now, I think it's over. That was when the stock was 17. That day closed to 14. Now it's at 13. So these things end ugly. I said SABA will end ugly. I think we have seen the top. I mean, it's impossible. Maybe something else happens. Maybe there's, you know, news that comes out, you know, on a potential, you know, on their, you said they have one drug in the works. Didn't you say that? Yeah, the Alzheimer's drug. Yeah, so you know, there's always that realm of possibility. But just from a pure technical basis, that is an ugly candle yesterday, and I think rallies to be sold here now. Just talking technicals, not fundamentals. All right, uh, S and P is just kind of a slow cash. Yeah, we're leaking. Oh, uh, yeah, down five at a trouble. Yeah. Trouble in paradise. And then, like some of those numbers that came out, uh, we'll see what happens. The next area of support for me comes in at uh, twenty-five thirty-five. We'll see if we can catch a bounce there. Uh, below that, kind of a thin day yesterday, so not a lot of not a lot of major support in there until you get down to the uh, area of Monday's interday low, 13 and a quarter. Super big important numbers. Uh, Friday and Monday's low were right next to each other, 06.75, 08.75. Long ways from there. We'll see what happens. All right, that's it for our show. Give us a call. Leave us a voicemail, 734-494-0246. Also catch the replay of our show on YouTube or our podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, or Spotify. Please remember all the information from our show was meant to be used as informational purposes only and not for investing or trading advice. Everyone have a great rest of your day. Thanks to our guest, as always, Ryan Dietrich. Thanks to all of you. In our chat, we'll be back with you for our next show on Wednesday. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.